0: The Diamondbacks take 2-3 against the Rockies at Chase Field, proving their record to 72-68 and 68, before going to Chicago for a pivotal four-game series at Wrigley Field that will set up the potential wild card scenarios that the D-backs are hoping to get into. And they'll be taking their top prospect, Jordan Lawler, who has been promoted to the big league roster today. We will discuss all this on today's episode of Snakes on the Diamond. Hello, everyone. Hope you had a having a good week. I'm Michael McDermott. I am part of the beat for Fan Nation's Inside the Dime Max. And I'm joined today by
1: Wesley Beyer. I say I write for Snake Pit, but I really am terrible actually putting out articles. I'm still working on that that prospect list that I was working on. So uh, yeah, follow Michael uh at Inside the Diamondbacks. His writing is much more consistent and uh, it's great and Uh, How are you doing today, Michael?
0: Doing good. Like I said, if you want to check out some of my written work, head over to si.com slash MLB slash Diamondbacks. Once again, that is si.com slash MLB slash Diamondbacks. Put that right here for you to see. Make sure to get that URL and bookmark it. So anyways, we'll start with the big news of the day. Jordan Lawler promoted to the big league roster. So, Wes, how excited are you that the D-backs will be taking their top prospect to close out the season on the big league roster?
1: Well, honestly, I have kind of ambivalent feelings. They did exactly what I've been saying they should do for, I don't know, like I, I, I suggested that they should DFA Nick Ahmed and call Jordan Lawler privately a couple weeks ago. Um, And I was saying they should have done it a week ago. They still should have done it a week ago. How would that series against the I mean, I, you know how would the series against the Rockies or the Orioles would have gone with uh, Jordan on the roster? We we don't know. So, um, I, I'm not happy that they didn't do it then, but I am happy like they did now. Like, I think he'll make a, like he's going to be a real key contributor, uh, just, you know, going down the stretch and then of course next year, hopefully, like I think he has a a ton of potential.
0: So if we look at Jordan Lawler and I've written about this quite a bit, with the prospect updates, and I've been talking about Lawler since May twenty-third. Between AA Amarillo and AAA Reno, Lawler between since May twenty-third is hitting three twenty-three with fifteen home runs. And Fangraph's rating his offense with a WRC plus of one forty eight. If you want context for what WRC plus means, a one forty eight WRC plus means he is forty percent forty eight percent better than the average hitter in the league in those same at bats, consider and that factors in the ballpark as well, and that includes the fact that Amarillo and Reno are huge offense-boosting environments, especially Amarillo.
1: Oh, that's one of the reasons why we use that that stat on this show for evaluating minor league offenses. It's like there is a very, very uh offense-heavy environment, and you don't know how to fairly rate the hitters in that. Like, you got some guys that you're like, oh, wow, this guy, he should be... You know, I, I learned this lesson with uh, Luis Torero. He uh, raked in, in, in El Paso and, and Tucson, which are actually like pretty similar offensive environments to Amarillo and Reno. It's funny that they never got around that problem. But uh, Waller's, regardless of the offensive environment, he's well above average. And you have to remember, he's tw- just turned 21. He's a 21-year-old mashing in a level where, like, you know, I think the average age for double uh, is like 24 or 24. And uh, for AAA, no one cares because there's like 30, 32 year olds, and the age is thrown off. But the, the average, he's really young for the league.
0: Yeah, he just turned 21 six weeks ago. In fact, he is the fifth youngest Dying back to on their at his debut age, which will obviously his major league debut will be tomorrow. Because why well, call him up and not play him? But uh, exactly. That's just kind of a little bit of context. Obviously, Justin Upton is the only teenager. For the D backs and I say that as uh debuted as a nineteen year old. And I know they had a couple twenty year olds. I forget Edgar Gonzalez was one of them. I forget who the other one was. I think it was a position player.
1: Yeah, I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a blank. I, I think I have, let me see if I can.
0: Yeah, I think Nick Picoro had that written down somewhere.
1: Yeah, Jim uh, over at Snake Pit had it on uh tweeted oh. that out too. Oh yeah. But you know he's very young, and like he's going to be one of the youngest position players to play for the Diamondbacks. I mean, like it's very short lived. And Young Young Kim, one of the yeah, other there's the other I one. I know
0: Young Young Kim and Tyler uh, Sk-
1: Justin Mar- Justin Mar- Justin Martinez and Tyler Skaggs.
0: Martinez debuted just Not before just. his twenty second birthday.
1: Oh okay, yeah, yeah, he's see yeah, yeah Tyler Skaggs. That was and the Skaggs. one I can think of. May he rest in peace. Uh,
0: yeah, the other twenty year old debut was that. Kim.
1: Yeah. So. He's in real. I mean, for usually like for position player. I mean, he's in very uh, good company. <laughs> With the age he's being called up, uh, his season numbers. I mean, like I think it's worth talking about. Like he he's kept that eleven percent uh, a, a walk rate above eleven percent in both Amarillo and in Reno. He's cut his strikeout rate by six percent. Uh, going from from. Uh, Double A or triple I mean, small sample size. He has uh, what, like a six of the uh, the the games played, and that could go up in a couple. You know, a couple bad games where he strikes out three, four times each game. That'll go way up. It will probably fall back, and but um, what kind? Of, what do you what do you expect from him uh, in the short term and the long term? Like, what do you think? What do you think he's capable of this season?
0: I think you're going to expect a 21-year-old shortstop that at times looks like a veteran and at times looks like he's 21. And uh, you look at the overall rankings for the prospect list. Jordan Lawler is a consensus top 10 prospect. uh, Baseball America had him at 9. Fangrass at 5. And MLB Pipeline had him at 10. So, obviously, the highest ranked prospect since Corbin Carroll debuted almost a, a little over a year ago. And you look at prospects, the top 10 prospect debut. you only have really three guys in the organization's history. And we mentioned Upton as earlier, and he's the other one.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, really, there's not, I would argue like you, you would maybe throw Steve. I know mean, I Steven Drew didn't really live up to, to his potential, but he was highly regarded when he was called up. Um, Paul Goldschmidt uh, should have been highly ranked, ranked, but wasn't. Yeah. So he's definitely like, I mean, it's, he has the potential to contend for rookie of the year next season, in my opinion. And that would be fantastic uh, with the new rules to get those, to get the, the draft pick rewarded from that.
0: Yeah. And they're going like to get one this, really this year from Corbin Carroll because Corbin Carroll has basically won the award. It's just a matter of finishing out the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's not, there's not much you can do to, I don't think there's much any, any one player uh, could do in the remaining the remainder of the season to to actually make up that difference. It would take like the most historic hot stretch, like that we can, neither you and I are conceived. Like, I really can't think of anything that would, you know, earn a player that kind of, uh, to steal it, to steal it from Corbin because he's Corbin has like, he basically won it by halfway through the season when he was like,
0: he he's yeah, like I top ten. He two he's ago. top
1: ten in war and in position player war.
0: So Spots that's in a lot of categories. That's nationally. the
1: thing that like I mean, it. He Corbin Carroll looks like he's gonna be MVP contender. I I would like to think that uh, Jordan Waller is gonna like he he seems like a similar, just a similar kind of like makeup, work ethic, tool set. Um, uh, I I mean, it's just you know, slide him over a different position. Obviously Jordan Waller still kind of raw defensively.
0: Um, But he's made huge strides this year.
1: Yeah. Fangress
0: was impressed enough by his defense this year that they actually bumped him up half a grade. So he went from a 55 future value, which to me is a three war three to four war player, the type of player that will start on most teams, but maybe not a team like the Dodgers. Whereas you look at a 60 future value guy, that's a four to five war guy. And, Sometimes the, that grade is associate the term that I've heard associated with is a first division regular, but kind of just breaking down that term first division just means first place team. Yeah. So they think if Jordan Lawler were in the, were on the Dodgers, he would start for start for them at shortstop. That kind of thing.
1: That's, that's a, I, I mean, he's gotten this better over time. Like you, you can really see the progression in his stats. Uh, I know, like, I know talking to him, you were impressed. Um, personally, I had him at a 55 future value before this season. He's bumped that up to, I'm a little higher than Tanner is. I put him at, like, maybe 60-plus future value. Um, he, I, 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 I'm I, not really, like, I mean, I'm not really sure. I think he, I think Bass much more advanced than, than like, Love right now. And I think that's really what he'll provide Hopefully, down the stretches, of some offense. um, You know, draw some walks. Uh, He's fa- he's got power. He's got not not as much as you. You, I mean, he hit twenty home runs in a you know very offense heavy environment. So you probably shouldn't expect more than fifteen to twenty home runs a year. Um, well, also,
0: keep in mind he's twenty one years old.
1: Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna. Yeah, I don't I mean, he'll hit least a lot of a home start- runs
0: at twenty one either.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's 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 certainly true. Um, I think, yeah, going, going like, yeah, as he, as he ages, like, I mean, he's certainly going to develop more power. I would think over the next three, four years, at least And the, in the short term, I would think, you know, 15, 20 home runs, he could be, you know, depending on how much he fills out and, uh, you know, how his power develops, he could be a 30 home run guy. He's got a 36 stolen bases this year, and he's only been caught stealing, uh, five, five times.
0: times. 36
1: 40. Uh, so he's an efficient base runner he's got uh he's got good like he's got 250 like a 250 or even just like over 200 I'm just looking over like you know Amarillo and Reno this year got an ISO over 200 to 21 in Amarillo 254 and in, in uh, Reno and I think I think the power will translate at the big league level
0: yeah I think he's a like I said he's 15 to 20 coming in but I think at his peak he could possibly be a 25 Homer guy when it his speed realistic. start, but he's probably not going to hit for a lot of home runs because the goal will be to get on base and create chaos.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, he very, he fits very much in the offensive profile of the rest of the, you know, like he, Cor, 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 Corbin and uh, Jordan are very, uh, they got a similar offensive profile, to be honest to me. Like, that,
0: I would right say right off that, the bat. That's because that's what the organization targets.
1: In the yeah, first round. and yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, the organization has found another guy that should fit right in. I, I, um, I'm, I mean, the glove. I, I, that's one thing that I, you know, it's a good point. Is that pretty much every prospect evaluator who's probably seen him more than I have has said like the, the glove is more advanced than his reputation has. You know, because that's th- that's what I heard. You know, over the last you know yeah, yeah. year is that he needs work and. Uh, I think this is more on reputation than necessarily like what he's doing now.
0: Yeah. I mean, people forget that uh, Bobby Witt's age 21 season. He was a pretty bad shortstop his age 21 season. Yeah. And then you look at an improvement from 21 to 22. Bobby Witt's defense improved by 20 runs. Of value. Yeah. That's a huge it's- jump. Even if you go from the worst shortstop to an average shortstop, that's a huge jump.
1: Yeah, it's it's that's the kind of you know the thing we got to remember with young players. Even if like the results aren't great, like he may he may have uh you know worst case scenario he's gonna have uh, a season like Bobby Witt next year where he's you know not you know basically replacement level. That's uh, uh, I you mean... know I think a worst case scenario he's gonna be I think no worse than what we've seen <laughs> from the you know the revolving door of third baseman and and I. Uh, you know, you left hand shortstop, your right hand this, shortstop yeah, option. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> certainly gonna put better results than that.
0: Yeah. If you look at, um, uh, yeah, looking at Witt's prof- uh, profile, somehow, he, uh, with a 102 OPS plus is that runs as native too, but I don't know.
1: He's he's actually, I would say, for, for Witt's, uh, he had a really bad start to the season like, really bad. Just like he had a funk probably, uh, until. Like June, like his numbers since June are fantastic. Like he's broken out. His defensive numbers have improved. Like just the in-season improvement with him is nuts. And I think a big part of that is just the age where these guys are capable of doing that.
0: I think the same thing happened to Goldschmidt, if I remember correctly, in his uh, first full season in 2012. He was kind. He kind of started off slow, picked it up in yep. June, and never looked back.
1: Yeah. So, I uh, I think he'll be a a, a real component you know, down the stretch. I, I, you know, he's the, you know, said the right-handed shortstop option. Um, I hope he gets more at bats than that. Like you want to see him face right-handed pitching. Like, I mean, he needs to, he needs to for his development.
0: Yeah. I think he has to, I think he has to get 80%. I think he needs to be an everyday player personally, because he does. this is a guy you're building your team around. you Yeah. Don't, you, Got to find out as soon as possible what his value is long term.
1: I mean, him and, and Gabriel Moreno are like the the two extensions that I would be looking at of like, position I mean, players right or now. More or less
0: already have proven his value.
1: Yeah, he's already. proven his value. I would bet. I mean, he's Lawler is similar to 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 Corbin Carroll in that like he's the kind of player that you would you know you you bet on. Just in like he has the makeup like where you don't. He's 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 not gonna be questionable. Like I'm not I don't really I'm not gonna question this guy's work ethic or knowing like he's gonna put in the work. Like you know he is. Like he's already proven that to me. Like just the fact like you know, he's recovering from surgery. Uh and he's recovering from surgery you
0: know, very quickly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, he he came back from that 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 shoulder surgery very fast. So there's not really like questions six, about his health.
0: Six months um, and he ended up having a good season off that. I think he's
1: only – he did he have an injury this year? I think he was hit by a pitch and was out for –
0: No, that was that was the fall league last year.
1: Okay, that's when it was. So he really hasn't had any, like, bad luck with health. Um, he's got to be – I don't – I mean, he's a guy – you have to play him every day, just about, I mean, like 80%. What? We have 22 games left. I think he's gonna, he should start probably 18 of them.
0: Yeah, seems fair enough. I would say 20, but, but –
1: I mean it, i I'm gonna give Tory the wiggle room. You need to start this guy. <laughs> like, unless he at looks at least, oh, no,
0: unless he looks overwhelmed completely, but Jordan Waller doesn't strike me as a guy that looks overwhelmed. He's yeah, no, and if, obviously he hasn't faced major league pitching, but I have seen him compete in the box. And he's faced
1: major league quality velocity, and I know he's he's facing people that can throw some serious heat, including people that like are, you know, Gotta remember, like he's been playing against these top prospects too in Double A AA and Triple A.
0: Yeah, I saw him face Quinn Priester in the fall league. He actually held his own. Yeah. Priester got yeah, him so- f- for a strikeout, and then next time up, Lawler smoked a double off in the left field corner for two runs. So that's that's what you like to see.
1: Yeah, he's he's yeah he's very much like he's what I what I the the thing that's made me excited about him why i have said he's ready is he's made the adjustments continually all the things that you you, 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 you see from him that you want him to do like, okay. You're like, okay, oh, Jordan Lawler. This is what we want from like, I just last year, he did everything, everything you, you'd ask for him. He basically flew through the minor league until he stalled out in Amarillo and it wasn't I really think he stalled, stalled out. out.
0: That's a, that's where they planned to finish it.
1: Yeah. They just finished him in Amarillo. He looked a little overmatched.
0: I mean, it's um, a 20 year old play, playing in double a. Sometimes. Yeah, I, the, Sometimes the first time up there isn't going to work out.
1: Yeah, but that's the point of calling them up and moving them quickly. And that's the thing, really, I guess my point is even after looking, the one time I've seen he looked overmatched, um, it didn't last. That's the only time I've seen him look overmatched. And I can't remember the context of who, who he was playing against in Amarillo, uh, it's one of the few minor league games with <laughs> Amarillo that I watched last year. But he looked... Uh, he, he he never he never looked he never looked like he was overwhelmed or
0: could be like, just fatigue also too because yeah so I think
1: really it was more fatigue than anything um but yeah I think I he should be he should I don't think that's gonna be a factor this year I mean he's the kind of guy that I I think like he, okay he's like if he was fatigued last year he's gonna go out of his way to make sure that he isn't you know the following season so it doesn't happen again and that's the that's really thing I like about him as a player is he definitely knows. Himself, and he knows when he needs to make an adjustment.
0: Yeah, he's a no mate. Unlike this, unlike this team,
1: sometimes. Yeah, unlike this team, sometimes. Um, the the Rocky series was disappointing. I think we should get into that.
0: Yeah, Um, they were one swing of the bat away from a sweep. If you think about it, you just one timely hit away from doing some. From walking away with a three-game sweep, and I'm talking about that sixth inning against Kyle Freeland, as that inning where they were one swing in the battle way, and unfortunately, that was a situation where, uh, um, and that maybe that was the inning that precipitated the Jordan Lawler promotion because Nick Ahmed had a really bad strikeout sequence against Kyle Freeland. He swung at three curveballs in the dirt. Yeah, and that that was basically uh, all she wrote, and I think that might have been his last at bat. I could be wrong.
1: Uh, Did he play yesterday?
0: Uh, It would be in my score sheet, but unfortunately, my score sheet's in my backpack. Let me see. It wouldn't be that hard to find. I have the box for open.
1: I have the box for open.
0: Other device. (laughs) Don't worry. I got it on baseball reference. Yeah, but Nick Ahmed,
1: you know, to his credit. Oh, sorry. last As
0: he flew out on the first pitch
1: on the first pitch, this is bad. You know, that's my, the thing is Nick Ahmed is not a guy who should be trying to do anything but get on base.
0: Yeah. And the problem also with Ahmed was, uh, he was getting on base less than a fifth, less than 20% of the time against left-handed pitching, which is why he was in the lineup.
1: Yeah. Um, that's it's just one of those things like i mean he's provided a lot of value to his organization he's done a lot more yeah. than anyone expected of him i uh, feel like love has been the second most valuable of any shortstop uh during his tenure up until this season um mm-hmm. i mean well who, 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 what's the what's name Uh there's like really there's not that many shortstops who put up the kind of value that nick Ahmed has uh, just,
0: probably just simmons that's it there have been some yeah
1: like, and, and simmons maybe- thank you
0: yeah, um, I know Baez has had some pretty decent seasons, but Baez, obviously, we know what his he's story
1: all is. over the place. He's all over the place. I don't he even was know. He's the
0: original StatCast God.
1: I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, what's his name? Plays for the Twins, ankle drama, ankle drama. That's what I'm gonna call him. Carlos Correa. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's been like uh, the most valuable uh, shortstop in American League. Uh, movie bets. We talked about him before. Has been a, an above-average shortstop as well.
0: Uh, he's a, he's, 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 a shortstop He's, he's, or a,
1: a, he's, a, he's an outfielder, so it doesn't really matter. You no, know, I okay. see Jordan Lawler. Uh, I think can. I mean, here's the thing: is Jordan Lawler can only get better. Yeah. That's really the thing: is he can get he's, his defense is going to get better. Nick Ahmed is was clearly in Um, I kind of vocally uh, have been suggesting that Nick Ahmed is cooked for like at least a year now.
0: Um, oh, it's been longer than that.
1: I, I think actually since, since, uh, since 20, for the 20, yeah, 2020. Uh, I think a real factor that I, you know, with some players is honestly getting COVID, like, I don't think it was COVID it was
0: shoulder injury.
1: Well, not just that. No, like, here's the thing is there is some research linking, uh, having COVID-19 and having a less than desirable outcomes when it comes to injuries. Like you, you heal slower. Um, but it's also, I mean, if he, if he's getting older, he's getting older too. I mean, he's I actually playing like, it
0: than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing is I know all I'm saying is as someone who is Nick Med's age, um, I've been tired and fatigued all the time since I got it. So, um, I mean,
0: he's what, Halfway split between you and me, age wise. Yeah, is he? Is he? It's 33 like and thirty three. I'm thirty or thirty six.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. He's so he's in between our age, uh, but still, I mean, yeah, it's definitely age related. Point. I think it may be uh, contributed to him declining earlier than uh, than he would have otherwise. That's my personal thing. I know, like, that's real controversial. Whatever. If you don't believe in that? Uh, leave a comment and tell me. Why you don't believe in it?
0: Well, Freddie,
1: i And subs- like and subscribe to her channel.
0: <laughs> yeah, Freddie Freeman doesn't believe you. After his COVID episode, he proceeded to become the best hitter in baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not, but here's the thing like I and said, like, it's like totally, totally getting in the weeds. It's, it's very random, like, it's based on genetics on how you recover from it. So, I mean, it I mean, could non- be a complete non-factor. Obviously, it's a non-factor with Freddie Freeman. I uh, I know, you know, there's some people that like, they have chronic fatigue syndrome. They basically like it basically gave him fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. Syndrome.
0: So like I, I was don't know. gonna say, in the case of Ahmed, Ahmed is very, and Ahmed is very. Uh, I guess you can say he's very selective in what he eats.
1: Yeah. He he's, yeah, no, I know he's the kind of guy who's like really into like nutrition and all that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's probably more age related decline with him. Yeah, I definitely think that was a factor of them calling up waller uh i mean like they should have swept the rockies let's let's be honest here uh yeah. there's no re- there was no re- i mean that's what we were calling for was i mean minimum they need to win the series they did that okay yeah cool they should have swept them
0: despite yeah. despite a poor performance from zach davies and brandon fought in the rotation
1: yeah i mean today's game you're not normally going to s- score that many runs. that game looked like it was it was gonna be, um, not that not the outcome that we, we saw, okay? Like them scoring twelve runs, after like I think we were down like down five to, five to one. one. Yeah, so five down to five one.
0: to one and Davies basically sucked from the beginning.
1: So Zach Davies and Zach Davies,
0: um, Zach Davies went back to what got him in trouble in the past. He <laughs> so basically tried to pepper sinkers and changeups down the way the hitter, which we all know is not a good idea.
1: Yeah. It, it, the, he's very lucky that uh, the offense came through
0: and Corbin wow. Carroll saved him three runs. The Rockies I, didn't I like mean, that, unfortunately. So they plunked him twice after that.
1: And the, you know, fortunately the loss, it was, what, it was a three, two loss.
0: It was a three, two three. loss. And obviously winning 12 to five helps you run differential. That's kind of the thing that's yeah, meant but, D-backs run differential all season. They just haven't blown out teams.
1: Yeah, that's that's a real issue. Like they they the offense just hasn't been consistent, and I I think a lot of it's just like not having the the options really. Like the what is the lack of know, options
0: or is it a lack of execution? Like you're that, telling me,
1: look, you, call me, call me. you're telling me think, a lineup think, that think, has
0: Corbin Carroll, Cattell, Marte, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Christian Walker can't score runs consistently if they execute. Apparently i mean don't apparently me some, that's i mean you, that's one of those things
1: get, like it, they just haven't yeah they haven't executed um it's just it's one of those things where it's like you you would it's the the other the other people in the lineup but they just like tory's lineup construction. sometimes it's like baffling. yeah
0: there's a f- yeah barry bloom actually uh got Tori to talk about lineup construction of course if you know if you've ever talked to me about lineup construction I only have one rule for lineup construction there is no such thing as lineup construction there are only good hitters and yeah. bad hitters that's my opinion
1: yeah the way my opinion of, of how you construct a lineup is you want to put your your you actually don't follow the traditional order at all because that's actually counterproductive you want to give you think of it more as like okay my leadoff hitter is the guy I want to give the most bats to one, I two, mean, three.
0: you look at the uh, difference between a leadoff and two-hole hitter. Like, let's say you wanted to construct an ideal D-backs lineup, and maybe we can talk about that. But uh, if you look at the Dimebacks lineup, I think you have to consider the possibility that one through uh, five should be this, almost the same every night. Yeah. When you play that lineup right. where you have Carroll batting leadoff against righties, and yeah. then Marte bats leadoff against lefties, and then you flip-flop them.
1: Yeah, that's, that's okay. Like, the only line of construction should be taking, you know, an account maybe handedness.
0: Then you're going to play fan that night. in the three hole.
1: So. Yeah, I, I mean, Walker's your I'm hitter. Longoria, um, I think, is going to be losing some of that bats to, to Lawler.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I do think. I th- really, it's like,
1: a- I think it's a like like, we were just tied in, is it's like a. I mean, he's obviously going to be the the right-handed option at shortstop, but it it sounds like yeah. this Nick Pacheco yeah. at uh uh the Republic was saying that uh they're gonna play him at third. I know he started at third. I yesterday think he's going to play at third, a third against career.
0: left against right-handed starters more so than lefties because lefties obviously he's replacing Ahmed's at bats.
1: Yeah, that makes that, that really doesn't.
0: I mean, another option they could do is they could move Perdomo to third base and play Lawler every day at shortstop. Which isn't happening off, which could, ha- which could still happen because I still think, like I said, Lawler is not what he's played one game at third base his entire career and like uh, 250 or so games that at
1: shortstop. Too much to put, to put that on a rookie shortstop, rookie
0: shortstop,
1: played one game at third and, uh, and you know, I'll put him like put him in your major league team that's like in the stretch in the playoff line. That's a lot of pressure put on.
0: I, I mean, do the like Orioles the idea that Machado it-
1: yeah, it's true. I mean, it's not like an unprecedented thing. Even Derek Jeter was, was that to the Yankees in 96.
0: Well, in the case of Derek Jeter, like a, he probably should have left him a third.
1: Yeah. That's the one thing is, uh, I, I think, I think he's, it's, it's, there's always going to follow comparisons between Jordan Waller and uh, Derek Jeter. Like those names are going to be tied together for multiple reasons. <laughs>
0: I think Lowell will be a better defender than Derek Jeter.
1: I think so too. I, 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 it's a lot to project him to be better offensively just because Derek Jeter had a, like, you know, really good quality career. I was going to
0: say, Derek Jeter's best defensive year, the Yankees won the World Series. Yeah. Like, he was such a good offensive player that he was consistently double digit negative in runs at shortstop, and he was putting up six, seven, eight. War, yeah. That's how good his bat was.
1: Yeah, Derek Jeter's bat is like I said It's very hard to say. Okay, this this twenty one year old rookie shortstop is gonna you know be better than a Hall of Fame. Uh, you know one of Hall the Hall of you know, Fame was the point famous. where
0: everyone was grouchy that Derek Jeter wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer.
1: Yes, like that. Like, yeah, it's not a fair comparison. But they do have a lot of like similarities in terms of like the, the kind of prospect they were coming up. They're like, and like, something like family life. I know, I know, Derek, I know, Derek Jeter was uh, Jordan Lawler, like, looked up to him, you know, as a kid. So, um, hopefully, he becomes the, the Diamondbacks, like, like when you think of a shortstop, like, you think of Jordan Lawler with the Diamondbacks,
0: you know, else they also have in common. Both players were selected six overall in their respective dress. I did not know apart, that.
1: See, that's like they said, they're inextricably linked. Not 19 years apart. Yeah.
0: 29 years apart.
1: 29 years. They're like, yeah. (laughs) Derek Jeter was playing long before uh, Jordan Lawler was a glimmer in his parents' eyes.
0: I was in diapers when – I was probably in diapers when Derek Jeter made his debut.
1: I think Derek Jeter was drafted in ninety two.
0: 92, yeah, a year before I was born. Or
1: 93, so yeah, the year before you were born. So, yeah. He debuted in
0: 95.
1: Um, the, so, we're, like, who's who are we facing
0: in the upcoming series? So, they're going up against the Chicago Cubs, and if we look at the playoff standings for the wild card, and the Cubs hold the second wild card, while the D-backs are half a game behind the Marlins, for the third wild card spot, what the heck, Dodgers? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, that's uh. The, time the back Dodgers for, got
0: swept by the Marlins.
1: Well, I mean, it happens to every. I mean, it happens oh, wait, no. to even the best. Let me double
0: check game. that. Me double I mean, the that.
1: one if we sweep the Cubs.
0: Oh, wait, no, the Dodgers play the Marlins tomorrow. But the Marlins have won the first two games. First game, they walked them off because Chisholm hit a walk-off homer against the uh, Dodgers' leaky bullpen. Oh, wait, no, no, they didn't. They didn't walk them off, but they did hit score three runs in their final at bat. And uh, home runs by De-, uh, De La Cruz and Chisholm.
1: So I mean, it, like it's a four-game set against the Cubs. That's exactly the different. Like I mean, they're they're three and a half. They're three games up on us in the wild card. We can basically just you know remove them from the wild card. Uh, we they I mean, said it's a must-win series. Like you gotta win against the Cubs. You
0: got to at least not lose ground.
1: Very very least, I mean, they gotta split the series.
0: Like the Dimex are.
1: You gotta see three. I, I mean, I. Actually, ideally, I think you gotta see
0: four games behind Chicago.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's four games behind, so a sweep is kind of necessary here.
0: Not necessarily. You have to finish ahead of Miami, not Chicago. The Cubs so, are actually okay, closer yeah, to see. Philadelphia than the Marlins, if you think about it. Of course, there's a lot of streaking it, going on in the wild card standings.
1: Here's the the thing: is is that the. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Cubs would be tied for they've had the exact same record. If the Diamondbacks can sweep the Cubs,
0: Maybe, but that's kind of optimistic. Like I said, uh,
1: very, very optimistic. And uh, I would love to have some optimism. If they could do that. I, mean, I think they have a good chance of making the postseason uh, right now. I mean, it's because perca- it's a situation. Chicago,
0: you have to beat the 2023 national league Cy Young award winner, Justin Steele.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean yes, I am declaring
0: one. the race over with five weeks to go.
1: you think so? I mean, yeah, Gallon's actually much no, four taken Gallon has taken himself uh, kind of out of the out of the Yep. Uh, his last couple his last he's few starts. I mean, it's funny it's talk, that's, that's all it ta- that's all it takes. Is a couple bad starts. literally that's all he's really had is like two bad starts.
0: Yeah, I think the D-backs will face Steele twice this season
1: as well. well. hopefully they can, uh, you know, not lose, and uh, we're in a, a better position going forward. I mean, really, it's going to be tough if they, if they get, you know, they lose to the, the, the Cubs in this series coming up. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they uh, can really make it. They, they're they'll gonna have play. Merrill
0: Kelly going up against Justin Steele, so if the wind isn't blowing out, I think it's going to be chance. a close, a low scoring game. And we all know when Merrill Kelly's dealing, he's
1: dealing. I think he's got a good chance to, to, to beat steel. Um, I mean, that's the one game where I probably, I mean, I, here's the thing is I think really, uh, the realistic goal going into that series is going to be for them to pick three or four. Um, you can't really, uh, I mean, it's, it's probably not realistic. If you're right about that, that's very it's going opposite.
0: to be tough to win three or four too, because again, yeah, Justin real Steele. Tough. now of course the, the Cubs have been without Stroman since the middle of July. I don't
1: think he's going to be back until
0: he's not going to be back for either series. I don't think. If so back. if we pull it up, if we pull up on the probables on the D backs website, so obviously Ryan Nelson's coming back tomorrow to face Javier Assad and Assad somehow did not win a ball game, despite giving up no runs in eight innings. Of course, uh, the uh, Cubs bullpen in a pretty rough series against the Reds, who I think are actually There
1: the is most- a very small chance we see Stroman. He is on his way back. He threw a bullpen session the other day.
0: He's going to have um, to do rehab
1: games. He's going to have to do rehab. There's a very small chance that... I, don't we have another series against the Cubs later?
0: Yep, a Chase Field.
1: A Chase Field. September so, yeah, 15th be- or 17th. I, we may see him uh, that series. I mean, yeah, like there's going to happen too. this is going to
0: be stealing. one of those
1: things like they need to win the season series against the Cubs.
0: That would be four and three. But if you go five and two, obviously, if you can go five and two against, I don't think the D-backs can really do anything to keep Chicago out of the playoffs. Yeah, but
1: got to keep Marlins out of there for that Marlins wild card. Yeah, the Marlins uh, have a pretty tough schedule.
0: Motive.
1: Yeah, they do. I, the Marlins are going to... Like, we were, we we're predicting it for off them just because they have a much tougher schedule.
0: So, yeah, if I were to look uh, at they, the... So, if we're looking at the teams in the wildcard race, so if we include the Marlins in the three closest teams, so D-backs, Giants, and Reds, I think the Reds have the best shot at the play, at the playoffs, I think, due to the fact they have a very easy schedule starting tomorrow. Because all the tough teams on their schedule are gone. They're playing all the cupcakes in baseball, so you got the Tigers pittsburgh st louis royals (laughs) actually i think they are playing the royals as well
1: yeah they're playing the royals so (laughs) that's why i know this um yeah uh i mean like really the the reds do have much a much easier schedule the only benefit the diamondbacks really have with their their schedule is that they're playing teams that they're kind of in the, the race against like okay yeah the cubs are a tough opponent but if you can, if they can win these series um, like, that's, that's the real gist of it. I mean, I don't think you're going to catch up to the Phillies. If you're going to be, if you're going to make the playoffs to be in, in wild card spot, number two or three, I
0: don't think the D backs are getting higher than the 60 if they make the playoffs. So yeah. So you look okay. kind of at the Marlin schedule. So one more against the Dodgers. And I don't think the Dodgers are getting swept. Then you got Philadelphia and Milwaukee. It, it is brutal. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, uh. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and the Braves for Ooh. after that Dodgers series. So that's the next. So that's your, their next eleven games. Then they play the Mets, and obviously the Mets will love to play spoiler. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. And then
0: Milwaukee again at home.
1: It's with the Marlins, right?
0: Yeah, this is the Marlins schedule, and then they finish off with the Mets on the road and then at Pittsburgh. So. The Marlins are in the deep end of their schedule. Their next eleven games may be, yeah, what decides how their season goes. And of course, the Marlins yes. recently have lost uh, Sandy Alcantara to a right flexor strain, and Jorge Soler has a strained oblique. Blake, he's not coming back during the regular season. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. So that's, that's their best. Real- that's their ace and their best yeah. power arm. Being down, yeah, so. they're.
1: Yeah, they have a tough, I mean, that's a good prediction there of the the Marlins falling off. Um, The Reds, yeah, I know they have a much easier schedule. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Phillies, I don't know who they, who's left on there. Uh, That would be the only other team. Well, we know the Marlins are in
0: there for three. Okay. Three
1: of them. So they can play spoiler. That's the one. (laughs) They can play spoiler a little bit, too. Philadelphia's uh, not
0: playing. Well, Philadelphia's going to want to get the top wild card spot, so they have home field for the round.
1: I mean, ideally, the Marlins will take some of those games against Phillies. That's the only way we're really going to like kind of gank ground on them. I mean, you look at is the AL, hit-
0: the NL East and the NL West; those two divisions are pretty much wrapped up. However, the yeah, Central Division to- is not, and of course uh, the D-backs obviously would rather see milwaukee if they're getting the playoffs i think they'd rather see milwaukee get in as the indians central winner so they play them instead yeah. of chicago i feel like chicago yeah, is definitely a more dangerous team
1: yeah i i think they're they're one of those teams that i, I mean got the cubs are are like they <laughs> they kind of confusing cuz they they actually kind of had a bad start and looked like they were you know like they were they sold at the deadline didn't they
0: so no, they were they were probably one loss away from selling, but then they won that game and then won eight. Oh, that's right. They were that. going to. They were, they were
1: going. Sell. They
0: were one loss away from selling, and then they won that game, and they decided not to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a the team. They're a team that can go either way. Like, Cody Bellinger
0: is going to get MVP votes, and it's the D backs' fault for mean, going in comeback
1: that. player. He, he's very much like the comeback player of the year, in my opinion.
0: I'm not even talking comeback player of the year. I'm talking MVP votes.
1: I'm just saying he's got he's got comeback player of the year in the bag. Who's who's had a better story this year than Belichick? I know people all over online. were talking about him being done. So he's very much player. We got to like, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't think of belly as the, the player he was last year. He's back to being the belly of, you know, pre-COVID just about
0: before he sublux um, his shoulder celebrating. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: actually, it was pretty bad Some in 2020 shit. anyway.
1: Yeah. Like I'm not saying I'm saying pre-COVID. Like, so like pre-2020. But so 2019, yeah. he's back to that that level form. I thought I'd give him uh, Pulp the Cubs, who else is the real threat on this.
0: Obviously, Danzy Swanson was an all-star shortstop, yeah. too.
1: Yeah, we know all about Danzy.
0: Their bullpen, to say for what the Reds did to them, is pretty lights out as well. Mark Leiter Jr. is their primary setup man. And, uh, I am going to look up Their closer's name on baseball reference so I can get a pronunciation.
1: Wisniewski?
0: No, it's not Wisniewski.
1: Or who are you talking about? All
0: right, hold on. I'll just pull up the Cubs page. But basically, it's their closer. Mm. Yeah. Al-Zulai. thank you, Baseball Reference for pronunciation guide. Edbert they their closer, very good. <laughs> so if you look at their team, obviously Bellinger's their MVP. Actually, no, he's not. If you look at Baseball Reference War, Nico Horner has more B War than uh, Bellinger.
1: Really, so that's a name like I've never, I have never even. Uh... Like I don't even know who that is. So the fact it's that he's their second baseman. He...
0: His defense must be really good. Is it gold glove level?
1: He's on pace for five war season. That's pretty damn good.
0: So Swanson with a run a bat run bat value of negative one.
1: Uh he's got a ninety six OPS plus. It's all glove there. Um yeah. My God, this is a yeah. lot when you have that much war with like a, like a below average bat. Um,
0: yeah. Two, both are million. Oh, say
1: say Suzuki has had a very good season.
0: Yep. Had a big home run. Funny. last night. I was joking with uh, Alex Weiner in the press box. It's like the D backs need to pick me up, uh, but I don't know if say Suzuki is going to hit a home. D backs need say Suzuki to hit a home run right now. Next pitch gone.
1: I, he's I'm okay. okay he's actually I mean he's a he's a two WAR season, so he's slightly above average. Um, 16, I mean, at the I mean like the, the, the Cubs, that Cubs lineup is pretty dangerous. That's really the thing. Like,
0: it's yeah, their not. Outfielders uh, are, their outfielders are. Their infielders are. Well, you look at the infield. Obviously, uh, Mancini. Their first baseman's is no longer there. But, uh, they
1: got Heimer Candelario.
0: Yeah. Jamer Candelario has been a nice pickup for them. He's continue he's pretty much put up the same numbers he did in Washington.
1: Okay, so looking he's... at the real the real offensive threats have been uh see Belly has a 140 OPS plus, Ian Hap has a one hundred and ten OPS plus, Christopher Morel one eleven. Suzuki has a 14, Patrick Wisdom 105, Heimer Candelario. Uh, a one fourteen, uh, OPS plus. So those are the real. I and mean, then Nelson Velasquez. I don't know. That's a lot. Not a lot of games. I, think I don't
0: think Velasquez is the game I don't think Nelson Velasquez. I think he's on the roster anymore.
1: Yeah, he's no, not. I was traded. Yeah, he's traded. Um, and Yon Go. I mean, there's some more like right. Like fancy Swanson is right below. Uh, and ninety nine OPS plus is actually like for when you're talking about that like that level with like a, a middle infielder. Uh, uh, you'll you'll take that they're both like you know in the gloves there, just providing like oh what, what are they saying like uh, what's yeah. and nico nico horner the fact that he's on pace for a five war season it's not
0: i don't think he's on pace for like five, well yeah he is
1: sorry yeah 4.7 he's he's probably gonna finish up like maybe just under five war uh unless he gets really cold and you know, has a terrible, but I mean, he like just having a bat that is, you know, that's slightly below average at 96 OPS plus when it's paired with, uh, you know, very above average glove. Like that's, that's how you get a five war player.
0: Yeah. I was going to say hitting ground balls up the middle is probably not a good idea against that Cubs roster. I'll need to check magic real much. quick. See if their infield defense is elite. I don't think that'll be the case. Oh, yeah. So you look at their infield, obviously, uh, both Swanson and Horner are plus 15 runs. Madrigal at third base is plus seven, which is kind of weird because Madrigal doesn't strike me as a third baseman, but uh, that's the position he's playing. And obviously, Candelario could slide in at either first or third. First, third, or DH. But uh, I don't think I was going to say their rotation of outfielders is going to be their DH. Whoever they take off the field between. Rel Hap Bellinger or Suzuki would be the DH. Yeah,
1: and like pitching wise, I mean, uh, we talked about Justin Justin Steele. There's also, uh, Stroman's. Okay, Kyle Hendricks has been a you know about average pitcher this year. Um,
0: hasn't been healthy about Twenty starts,
1: only twenty starts. But I uh, see who else has been. Drew Smiley below average. Jay, uh, Smiley's Kaylin. been
0: bumped from the rotation, by the way.
1: Oh, good. That's, that's not good. But good for them that they, you know, know when to cut their losses. <laughs> things. And then, um, uh,
0: Jameson Tyone got off to a really nasty start with the Cubs, but he's been much better of late.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that his ERA plus is 79 tells me, like, that's really bad. He's been better of late. Um, so, yeah, Justin Steele, 177 ERA plus. Like, he's having a fantastic season, yeah, he probably is the likely Cy Young winner unless we can give him two bad starts like uh with Gallon because we can see how much of a factor that makes.
0: Yeah, so look at Tyon's numbers. He actually bounced back for two six seven ERA in the month of July, but then it kind of wow. undid Hailed itself in August. He had his ERA six oh six as his hits went up. Okay. Well he's only had uh all the whip is down the last three months. The second half whip is one point. Is it really only one point two nine? I guess, uh, he had a really good. A good first. Yeah, half.
1: Yeah, was away. Uh, has a, he's a very good closer. Um, just looking at his numbers, like, his, his stuff looks nasty. Um, it's like looking at a pitch, dude, like his stuff, nasty.
0: So yeah, against Chicago, uh, he, I mean, they're,
1: the Cubs are going to be a tough opponent. That's really like the, the bottom line. Here.
0: They save a lot of, it's like they save a lot of runs defensively and that's a team that you don't want to be behind after six innings.
1: Well, here's here's the thing to remember is like the Diamondbacks actually are the best defensive in the NL very late. The Cubs are I think number two or number three. Yeah. At least according to like fan and I've looked at a couple different metrics, so the Diamondbacks actually have like we're depending on who we're fielding in the, in the out, like, you know, like who's playing. We have one of the best defenses in the league. And it's really like, you know, one of the reasons why we had some successes this Year, the Cubs also are like very, they're very much elite defensively, especially in that outfield.
0: So you kind of look, so you look at the, uh, the dynamax. and out the teams middle plus 35 fielding runs on baseball reference In the D backs case uh, their top defender is catcher. Gabriel Moreno plus 19 Walker plus eight to no one's surprise. No one's surprised that Walker has a positive D war at first base. Guriel is somehow positive in D war as well. And we know that Alec Thomas is a very good defender.
1: And Jake McCarthy was valuable while he was, you know, on the rock. He actually
0: doesn't rank very well on there. He's zero runs.
1: I think fan graphs likes him more. It likes his defense more.
0: And then uh but Yeah, and then uh Fam has been plus two, although I I, I don't know. Although he did save a Wait. run last night in the first inning when the he fam, kept D S from fam, scoring.
1: Famous looked like a, you know, a, a solid defender. I, I can't really fault him or anything, but really like, I mean, like these, these, both these teams are actually pretty like have similar qualities in terms of having a couple good pitchers that are starting pitchers. Uh, they have a better bullpen, I think it's really like the, I don't know. As well, of late, every,
0: every team they're going to face from this point forward is going to have a better bullpen.
1: Well, who doesn't have a better bullpen? Than yeah, the Royals.
0: Teams that have eighty plus losses. I the, would say the
1: Royals. The Royals. <laughs> so, what's your predictions for this uh, this Cubs series, Michael? Uh, what are you going to?
0: I'm predicting a split, and Justin Steele will be one of the two t- pitchers they beat in my opinion.
1: I'm going to steal
0: his fourth loss of the season.
1: I'm going to go with three or four. I want to be an asshole and just say like, they're going to lose. They're going to lose all of the games. They're going to lose all 22 games the rest of the season, because this team is terrible and they are bad and you should feel bad. Ken Kendrick should feel bad. I mean, Mike Hazen should feel bad, but see, I'm not a pessimist and I actually think this team is capable of being, you know, They could win, you know, three or four out of this against these Cubs.
0: So, which game do you predict is going to be the trouble one for you?
1: Whoever's the worst pitcher of the Cubs that we face.
0: So, that would actually be Friday.
1: I got whoever the worst pitcher they throw against us, they're going to have like a great start because that's the Diamondbacks kind of shit where they they just get you know just like baffled by like some like jordan Lyles. you know
0: jordan <laughs> like Lyles has one of those got things. like the eighth inning eight <laughs> inning complete game yeah down to an art form this year yeah royals
1: oh my god yeah he's he's baffling but i was, I was just saying that's like, one of those things with the diamondbacks i've seen him play against uh really par- like they do poorly against like like teams that they should be doing better, and like players that they should be doing better against. It's like they very much uh, sometimes play to their competition level. Their well, competition fortunately level.
0: for the D backs, their competition is playoff, is uh, guys that are chasing the playoffs for the next, for what? Yeah. Nine of their next 13.
1: And I don't uh, think anyone's going to have a
0: problem getting up to play at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's one of those things. Like, okay, so we're so to make the playoffs. They're going to need to take. You were saying, like, I feel like they need to go 13-9. five
0: wins, maybe another win just to avoid any tiebreaker scenarios.
1: I mean, I, I like to. I must not. buy... they're going to need. It's going to require them
0: to go. F- well, actually, I don't think they're going to have a tiebreaker scenario against the Cubs, but they have. But two of those thirteen wins have to be San Francisco.
1: Yeah, they do.
0: Although I do I like think the Giants are going to finish the year closer to 500 than a playoff spot.
1: Mm, That's a fair prediction. Uh, The Marlins, they don't have the the Marlins and the
0: Reds. They've already lost the tiebreaker to two and four against the Marlins, three and four against the Reds that Bach obviously ended up setting the season series between the Reds. Oh, you could argue they lost the season series when they got smoked in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, very much. Um, I think, like, 15, 15 and 7 is what they need to aim for for the rest of this.
0: That's 87 uh, the rest wins. Of the season. Yeah.
1: That's my prediction. I'm going to
0: stick s- with it. All right. So you're expecting the Reds to eat up more of their cupcake schedule than you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I...
0: I could see a scenario where I, the Reds let up a little bit because they play weak teams.
1: Yeah, that's... that's uh, I mean, I, I, I have no idea what some, I mean, like my predictions for the wild cards, but I mean, I think the Diamondbacks will just sneak in. Um, I think they need to aim for really like 87.
0: 87 wins was wild card last year.
1: And they want to be respected, like a respectable playoff team where we're like, Oh, this like, like, you know, uh, that third wild card spot, like really is going to be a team that should not have made the playoffs this. And I don't think the Diamondbacks want to be that, a third wild card spot
0: it's just I mean, it depends on who uh, they play like you said uh i think they match up really well against milwaukee they won seven of the last 10 against the brewers dating yeah. back to uh september of last year and have taken all three series and yeah, gallon best, has the pitched very them. well against milwaukee too so that's actually i don't know based on how their season might go gallon might be either pitching games at 161 or 162
1: Yes, that's a, uh, that's a, I mean, that's very much a possibility. I, 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 yeah, I think that the Milwaukee's probably the best opponent they could, <laughs> they could hope for to face. Uh facing the Braves is like, don't want any part of that. You're going to face them in the, the
0: I mean, considering the fact that backs play well against the Braves and we're two Miguel Castro meltdowns away from taking five or six against them.
1: Like, obviously you can't face the Dodgers. So um,
0: there's no pressure on the D-backs. If they face the Dodgers either. Although I don't well, no, think that,
1: isn't there, they, they however, they flipping on out. there,
0: I don't think the Diamondbacks can go into Dodger Stadium and win a baseball game when it matters.
1: No, I, I agree with you on that one. I don't think that they can.
0: That's something I haven't I... done in years. This predates Mike Hazen. I would say the 2013 season was the last time the D-backs actually could roll in the Dodger Stadium and. Win a series yeah. against the Dodgers. Now, of course, they split he the opening series because they played them in April.
1: The Diamondbacks haven't been good against the Dodgers since the McCourt era, like like
0: since 20, Andrew Friedman was fired by the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, since then they have they their shit don't work in the playoffs against the Dodgers. So, I would like to see them not play the Dodgers. Have the Dodgers get beaten by some other wildcard team and face that team, assuming they make the playoffs.
0: Well, I mean, if the D-backs um, go to the NLDS, they're probably not playing the Dodgers anyway. And if they're playing the Dodgers uh, yeah, in no, the postseason, they've already exceeded the expectations.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah, and no, that's is, absolutely like that's the best case scenario. Other than winning the World Series, like I think I'm, I think months. most, I I'm happy if they make the playoffs this year. At this point. You know. So anyway,
0: yeah. so, well, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like, click on the bell for notifications. So that way you don't miss any episode when we upload an episode or when we go live. And then also make sure to comment down below. How many wins between now and the end of the season? Are we talking 85, 86, 87, or more or less? Let us know.
1: Thanks for watching.